Hey, what's going on, y'all, man? Welcome back to another episode of Andy Sports Talk. I'm your co-host, Antoine, here with my boy E. What's, what's going up, on, man? man? You good? Yeah, man, can't call it, you know. Just when, you know, just when we thought that uh, sports world was about to get born, uh, we got a bit of breaking news uh, yesterday. So, um, we've got a lot of stuff to get into. So, we're going to first start off, man, about this trade, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round draft picks, including this year's number four overall pick. That's crazy, man, man, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they didn't waste any time uh, to steal the show. So, man, what are your thoughts, man, on this trade? Um, I can't, I can't say it's shocking to me because I knew. We, I think we all knew LeBron was going to make something, you know. I think we all knew he was going to get something sooner or later. But uh, was yeah. it going to be Anthony Davis? You know, I'm kind of – for some reason, I I keep thinking to myself, what the hell are the Lakers even – to give up all that? Like, I I don't know. I, I don't think it was a good idea. But at the same time, though, I can't help but think they're going to win a championship now because – you don't you don't give up that many first round picks, or you don't give up all that just for one guy. Like so, I mean, what you what what you gonna think about it? Um, I first of all, I thought that uh, L.A. gave up way too much. Um, for Anthony Davis, like you know, I've never been. I've been. I'm high on Anthony Davis's talent, but I'm not high on him from a like you know, just the, the the way he struck me last year, I'm like, dude, y'all team will y'all went what did they go like six games versus Golden State last year in the second round? Yeah, you yeah. last, and then you like you're complaining talking about you don't have enough talent around you to to move forward. No, you need to go and get better, and and, and stop letting Draymond put you in the tank every time y'all play. You know what I'm saying? Like step your game up and be a superstar, which he is capable. He's not a superstar to me. Um, he's a star. He's a very good player. He's very talented. Um. But I don't think he's a superstar um, caliber type player, and uh, I don't I don't know what he's gonna do in the big stage. He may do you know do well, uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, I think that Los Angeles gave away way too much, and also they weren't able to clear enough cap room. So even they like, remember I was thinking that they could get a full max contract guy in there, but they can't now. Like they cannot get another one because of just the way the contracts are structured, um, the things that they have left. And the money that they have owed, they really can't get. Now they can get like a mid-level guy, or they can get like a you know a really good caliber player to come in. I mean, they have to take a little bit less money than they get if they go somewhere else. Um, but at the same time, if you do go there, then you're right there in the hunt and contention um, in the Western Conference. To, you know, what I'm saying to come out and represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals, which LA should you know should be able to do. Um, so looking at it on that perspective, uh, from, from the Lakers side of things, I think it's a good job. I, I think they did a good job of getting the guy that they wanted. You know, if you, if you have it in your mind that this is what I need to get, like I'm all for it. whether you agree or disagree with, you know, how to play, like if that's what your system needs and that's what you want. And you feel that's what you best that you go for it. Like, like, you know, I, like I was commending the Arizona Cardinals for getting rid of, uh, Josh Rosen and bringing in. Um, Kyler Murray because he actually fits, you know, what they wanted to do. So, like, once your mind is made up, go full throttle and go get it. Um, I just think that right now they need to add them a good, solid, you know, 3 and D wing 
um, that can play. Of course, it's not going to be Klay Thompson, Lakers fans. Definitely not now because, first of all, they can't even pay him enough money. Klay is also hurt, and he's never going to – I don't think he's ever going to leave Golden State. And um, even still, I don't think the money part is the issue because a lot of times people forget that Klay Thompson and those guys grew up rich, yeah. you know. Children, children of former athletes. Like money is not a, and he has like his two brothers. Like one of them professional baseball, uh, major league baseball player. Money is not a big issue with them. But um, I think if they can get a solid guy in there, maybe like a Trevor Reza, three type, three and D type guy. Uh, even if it's Danny Green, um, JJ Reddick. Uh, you know, I, I know JJ and Danny's defensive prowess ain't uh ain't all that, but um, you know. Uh, I know people are throwing around Jimmy Butler. They got to get a good 3 and D guy that can shoot, and that'll be okay without getting the ball in their hands. They're just going to have to be able to run up and down the floor and when, be ready to shoot whenever it comes to them. Because, you know, I I'm, imagine it's going to be a lot of screen and roll with LeBron. And also from the point guard standpoint, they're going to have another point guard. They're going to have to get a point guard who can basically like 3 and D type guy. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's – it's, it's um, I think that once they do that, and then they're going to have to, you know – figure out what, what to do on the bench. Um, I think one of their guys, you know, with Kuzma, I think he'll be able to, you know, he'll be okay with spotting up the whole game. You know, I don't think that'll be – but he's just going to have to get better defensively. But, I mean, they're going to be very long. They're going to be very athletic now. Um, and I think I think that could really make a, a big push in the Western Conference. How, how well do you see this working out for them, for the Lakers? Well, so I, when you said – I want to actually – Correct, just one thing right quick. So, according to Woj, it looks like on July 6th, that trade's supposed to go through. If Anthony Davis right. decides to waive his trade bonus, though, it's actually enough right. money for them to sign another, another, uh, well, basically another match player. It's going to be, they're going to be at basically 30 right. minutes instead of like 26. So, it's a whole bunch of weird, but that's a yeah, big deal. It's a whole bunch that's of weird if. math into it. But I guess I'm kind of looking at it like, let's just say, right? Not, I don't know if it'll happen or not, but. I keep seeing these rumors about Kyrie wanting to go play with Davis for all these, you know, for a while now. I do think if Kyrie wanted to go play with AD, I think he waived that $4 million. He can make that anywhere in LA. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, do you think that, do you think he'd actually do that though? Because I think he might. I think he would. I think he would, but I just don't see Kyrie Irving going there. I just do not. Uh, Kyrie Irving, like, I know they wanted to push it so hard, but Kyrie Irving is not playing with LeBron James again. I just do not see it ever yeah. happening. Um, just for every reason that he said that, like, and he made it abundantly clear, like, you know, and, and even before he left Cleveland, remember, they had the rumblings, like, the coach was like, hey, you know, you're the point guard, you got to do that. And he looked at the coach like, no, that's the point guard right there. Like, he's the <laughs> one to touch the ball every single play. And I get what he was saying. Now, granted, you know, Kyrie had to eat a, a lot of humble pie this year, you know, and that's why he called LeBron. Like, I see what you were saying now, you know, about carrying the load, leading the group of young players. Yeah. And like I get it now, I get that part. But that don't mean he want to go out there and still play right. with like that. Still, I ain't gonna go back and play with you and score twenty points a game. And and if we don't win, it's all my fault. And if if we do, and if I hit the game winning shot, you gonna get all the credit. No, I'm not doing that. Kyrie ain't Kyrie ain't crazy. He's trying to make his own name and his own, you know, his own legacy. So I don't I don't see Kyrie uh, going there. Um, I really think that Brooklyn thing is real. Um, about him wanting to go there, but of course, without having AD, um, I, I don't know what else that what else he could do. Um, but I would love to see how it work out in Brooklyn because I think Brooklyn is a nice up and coming team, you know. Um, as we saw, so it's let's man, play devil's I'm, advocate right quick. So, I, I, the only reason okay. I'm gonna say I think Kyrie would go play with LeBron and AD is only because 
I don't think Kyrie did himself no favors these past few years with the Celtics as far as having his like, quote unquote own team. Like I think if he I think if anything, he damaged his reputation more than he did help himself. Like um Right. And yeah. I yeah, and I, I, I would I would agree with that to to a certain extent too, because um I think that team is more team oriented where Kyrie more is a more of a guy who needs to be in like a particular system uh where he could be the focal point. That's why, you know, a lot of times they play better without him. Of course, we know Kyrie does not play yeah. defense. He tries. <laughs> yeah. But he's small. I mean, Kyrie's like 6'1", 6'2". Yeah. You know, there's only so much that he could do. And, um, you know, you know, guys kind of go on, go at him on the defensive end. And offensive, sometimes he could turn into a black hole, can mess up the system. But at the same time, that same playing style could give you 50 points. But if he's in the right system, I think it'll work. I just think it was a bad fit for him in Boston. Yeah. Um, I think immediately it made sense, but you know Brad Stevens is like a wonderkin um, type of coach. Like he's just like he's brilliant as a coach, and I think for that system they really needed, um, you know, needed to be very team oriented. They got like they had like five guys who do the same exact thing, play the same exact position. You know, like it was kind of weird um, kind of makeup that they had. So hopefully I can see, you know they could clear that up. But yeah, Kyrie, you know, unless you just really peel back all the layers and try to look at it. Um, it just—I don't think he did himself any any help, um, uh, any service, you know, going to Boston. Yeah. Um, so I—I I don't know. I don't know how it plays. I just, you know, you just never know what these guys are gonna do till they make their decisions. But I don't see. I just have a hard time seeing them going to LA and playing with LeBron again. I just—I just cannot. Side do it. note: Terry Rozier, <laughs> is he staying in Boston or is he gone? <laughs> Because Kyrie, Kyrie's opted out, so I think it's pretty. I, I think Kyrie's gone, right? And Terry Rozier wants to get paid yeah. as a free agent again. He took that one year deal last year. What do you think he's gonna do? I think he stays. I think he stays. I think he stays. If Kyrie goes, then Terry Rozier stays, and he's gonna have to put up a lot now. You know, talking about talking all that cash, man. I'm like, all right, brother, it's gonna be on you now. Now, granted, now Terry might come out and ball, but uh, it's you know, on now though, that's all. Yeah, it is, and I and I'm also putting a little bit of pressure on Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum too. You know, I know Boston's still really high on him. Like they didn't want to include him in that deal because you know the uh, the Pelicans were talking to Boston and uh, L.A. and Boston. You know, according to the reports, they were not willing to include Tatum um, right. in the deal. So and then plus. You know, like you know, I'm looking at you know Tatum had a you know sophomore slump as compared to last year. Um, you know, I mean, sorry, his rookie season. You know, he had like, like a little sophomore slump, so he's really going to have to. You know, I think he could take the next step. I think he will, and uh, I think that's still really high on him. Um, do you think it's? I'm just interested to see how this stuff Do you think it's out. so much that he actually had a slump, or is it just that now he's playing with a superstar now who was going to command the ball, so he just won't have to do as much as he used to? Because I guess I was. He still he was I saw him forcing the issue sometimes watching him play. Yeah. And you're gonna um, do that. Yeah. And you could tell he had the skill. And like he's I, I sometimes it was on a break and like he just felt like I could see it in his mind. He feels like, Oh, it's my turn to score right now. I gotta make this right. play right now. I'm like, no, nah, just let the game come to you. But that's just part of being young and right. growing. And um I guess that's from what I saw, you know, from that whole situation. But tell me this though, I wanna know this from you and I, I give my thoughts after you after you you know, get your spiel. How five years from now, how would this trade look for the Pelicans? Oh, God. Uh, I, th- I think it looks amazing. Uh, well, let's put it like this I don't know if the Pelicans are done. 
only because so I'm reading the I'm on ESPN right now and I'm looking at basically the Pelicans are entertaining uh a bunch of trade offers for number four pick. But also what they're doing is that they're trying to move this for Bradley Bill. And um it's saying that, you know, uh Lonzo could possibly be in this deal. Uh Ooh. it says BI could po- Brennan Ingram could possibly be in the deal, Josh Hart could possibly be in the deal. So I I, I hmm. guess it's hard for me to answer that right now, but if we're going off the strength of just a trade we saw, if we think about five years from now, Lonzo Ball running the point, Brandon Ingram, uh, Zion, I mean, if he does what I hope he does, which I hope he shows out, you know, he's going to be nice. Um, I don't necessarily know if Julius Randle's staying, only because it sounds like he want, he just opted out. He wants to get some money now, so he might be out. Who knows? But, I right. mean, just thinking about the opportunities of running a fast break with – Lonzo on the wing. Not Lonzo. Lonzo, you know, running on the floor. You got B.I. on the wing and Zion on the wing. Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot of exciting stuff to me, at least. I mean. Uh, right. Yeah. And then here's the thing. And to me, they have the most underrated player in the entire NBA on their team. And Drew Holiday. I think people sleep uh, on him so yeah, much. <laughs> As far as far, like, dude, first of all, he's a lockdown defender. And he can give you hell on offense. Like, he's a guy who don't get outside his game. But to me, I feel like if you wanted to, he could score 25 a night. He give you 24, 25 points a night. Easy. You know, just I just, I love his game, man. You think I really do. Oh. Um, I, I don't know. See, that when you bring up the Bradley, first of all, I'd rather have him than Bradley Beal, um, personally. Okay. Um, not, not saying, that, you know, anything against Bradley Beal, but, you know, I – I would rather have. I would just rather have. That's how. That's how highly I think of Drew Holiday. Um, so to me, like if I'm projecting their lineup and I look five years ahead from now, I would go have Lonzo at the one. I would have Drew at the two. Then have you know, you basically have a, a small ball lineup uh, with the rest of the guys with Brandon and Zion. Yeah. And say Julius Randle does want to come back, you know, you have him playing in there. Now, of course, they still got a they got another big. I can't think of his name now. Grand, they still had a number four pick too, so they could get Hunter. They could draft Hunter number four. He could be a three. You know what I'm saying? He could play on the wing. Still have Bi. Um, of course, uh, Zion. Say Julius Randle did come come back, and um, you know you could put your the small ball lineup. I think would be incredible. Um, you know, they still have – they have some talent deep in the bench. Of course, they had Jaleel, but, you know, he's like a Man, slug. Yeah. I, I mean, God. yeah, but he just – yeah, he just <laughs> – Yeah, Jaleel, he God, just – oh, man. I feel – I was watching him. I just like, oh, man, like he cannot be on the floor more than like three minutes because he's such a – like he's like – he's like worse than Greg Monroe on getting, defense at this point. coming out of high school, too. He's <laughs> like – I know. And listen, he has listen, he has a low post game, but the game is so different. Now he can't defend on the screen and roll. He doesn't, you know, rebound well enough. Uh like he is just like it's just bad. It's like if anybody watched the finals, y'all watched Boogie Cousins and screen and roll. Y'all saw how he struggled even while he I mean he struggled <laughs> anyway and he I know he was hurt yeah. in the finals. But t- if Jaleel, if that was Jaleel Okafor, it would have been like nobody would have been out there. Yeah. <laughs> it is like playing five or four. That's how bad it is with Jaleel. You know, he's my he's a blue devil. You know, so we love him. But man, uh, brought us, he brought us he brought us some jury. Brought us so some jury. So then what about uh, – uh, Dang it. No, no, no. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. So, Tim Duncan. How good would he be what today? About? I think he'd be great today. Today, I think he'd be great. He's a great mid-range shooter. He can pick and pop, pick and roll. He's a good, great defender. 
Was um, he that good at pick and rolls? Isolate on the block. On yes, he was. On, as far as the defense, yeah, yeah, especially okay. young Tim Duncan. I guess I don't remember much about him, but that just made me think about his name. But I will say this, though. He would not be playing power forward. And that's one thing I do not like. And this uh, just uh, one of I'll digress okay. for a second. People always t- say Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward of all time. But to me, Tim Duncan's never been a power forward. He's a center. He was he just playing, playing power forward because he was next to David Robinson. Like, oh, this dude is a center. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did all center responsibilities. And then once he left, then he still was playing center. Like, he was, like he was a center. And I get it. People say greatest power forward. But but think about it. Going his, his era, he's a power forward. In this era today, he's playing center. Like, hands down. Like, it's not even close. But Tim Tim did that range. And, and don't forget, now, towards the end of his career, he was stepping back, popping threes yeah. now. You know, he was trailing the play, hitting threes and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think greatness, you know, transcends eras. Like, I, I believe a great player today could play back then. Like, people say, Steph Curry, he'd be getting fouled, doing all this stuff, blah, 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 back then. I'm like, dude, Steph Curry be having these dudes dancing, falling all over themselves back in the 80s. Or, or they say, Michael Jordan could do this and that today. They, these after, no, yes, he could. Michael Jordan would still dominate. Because I think greatness is, is more of a mental thing and phys- it's mental and physical. Now, Grant, I'm not I'm not talking about like an extreme level, you know, when like, 1920s football players versus today's football players. Like, yeah. no, I'm not talking about yeah. that. But you know, more in the more in more in the modern times, um, you know, great players can say I think Larry Bird would would dominate today just like he did in the 80s. Like he was the best player in the world all throughout the yeah. mid 80s. So. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's what I think. But, you know, my thing is, though, uh, just to jump back to the Pelicans, I think the Pelicans um, in five years, if they remain intact and they keep everything going, they have some serious – first of all, they need to be in the Eastern Conference. I don't understand why they are in a Western <laughs> Conference. It makes absolutely no sense. When, when it makes sense to somebody, y'all please let me know when it makes sense that the, the Orleans Pelicans are in the Western Conference. I just do and not get it. Somewhere else to put but, somebody. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Um but um I think I think um I, I, I think I think man, I think they really have the, the potential to be good. Um whew, man, the, the I think they're the, the possibilities on defense like having Lonzo have Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday on the perimeter defending, that that'll be great. Now say they could package, like say now I would package if I could get Brad Beal, I would keep Drew Holiday. I was saying B.I., Josh Hart, that number four pick, I would send that to uh to Washington for Brad Bill. Have Brad Bill step in. Right now it's my three. Drive Zion, he could be my four. And then I, I can live with whatever, whoever. Like that may, you know, maybe Julius Randles comes back and play the five or just whoever else they get in to install. Maybe they have they'll have some some space to pay a five to come in, you know, a stretch five or something to space help space out the floor. Man, I think you have everything that you could possibly need. If you have Zion, be able to dominate the glass, run the break. Brad Beal, underrated athlete, can run the break, but also can spread the floor. Drew Holiday could do whatever. You know, Lonzo could be pushing the break and actually get to do exactly what he does. You know what I'm saying? Like leading break, being a point guard, point guard. That's, that's one thing I think was kind of being a problem for him down in at, in Lakerland. They're trying to play a certain style, which really doesn't fit to, to his style. Like he's more of the old school Mike Denny, yeah. point guard, yeah. not 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 the the modern, uh, not the modern, uh, Mike D'Antoni system where it's ISO one on one ball, 
for those of you who don't know, back back in the day when Mike D'Antoni was, you know, running up and down the floor with the Knicks and the, the Suns, like just throwing the ball ahead, getting up a, the best, the quickest open shot we can get, that's the shot we're going to take. And uh, I think that's the type of point guard that he is rather than running in the system that slows things down from time to time and he doesn't have the ball in his hand as much. So I think he'll fit better um, doing something like that. But um, I think the potential that – the Pelicans have right now is is I think it's I think it's pretty big and I, I like Alvin Gentry as well I really do as a coach. Why does everybody want to get rid of Bi? <laughs> I keep asking myself that because the blood clots. I think people are worried about the blood clots and um. But even before them, they 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 they're, they're not. Yeah, but I I don't think I don't think he's developed fast as people would like. Yeah. I think he's I think he's gonna be good, but you know people like making the Kevin Durant comparisons early. And they're like, you know, oh, you BKD, and you can see the potential in it, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think it'd be great, but it's just like he's been held back by some injuries. He hasn't bulked up as fast as people would like. Yeah, you know, he hasn't turned that corner as fast as people would like. And uh, you can see sometimes in the way he plays, he seems like he plays frustrated sometimes. But you can see the talent as well. Like it seems like it just like once the light clicks on with him, like he could turn into a twenty-five, you know, point per game score. So I, I I don't know I I think that's the only thing I could think of is like he's not progressing as fast as people would like him to. I ain't gonna lie, I'm glad they're gone. And the only reason I say that not because I didn't think that they could succeed. Well, I think I think LA, especially when it comes to young guys, I think it just does something to people. Like I I noticed how D'Angelo Russell when he left LA and went to Brooklyn, when he got to focus on mainly just basketball and not just living. Yeah. Even, even though Brooklyn's a big yep. city too, it's just not LA. And like when he went there, you see how he changed. Julius Randle, absolutely uh, not the same situation, but Julius Randle went to New Orleans. You ain't gonna do nothing down there but eat and then play basketball and focus. And so, like, I think this yeah. was Julius Randle's best year by far. I mean, just because he got to mm-hmm. play some ball. But I, I'm actually excited to see what Zoe and Brandon Ingram and them do in New Orleans because now they get to focus. Now they get to be around, like you said, Alvin Gentry. Uh, you know, old school, but also he gets it done. Coach, he's. And Gentry's, uh, right. Gentry's one of the Steve Kerr. I mean, was on um, the Warriors staff for a while, wasn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, I think he won. I think he was on the one the first championships team. Yeah, um, he was on yeah. there back in 20, 2015. Yeah. I think he was on that team. Yeah. Uh, on the on that coach staff, one he's on one of the two. No, I think he was on that first yeah. one. And um, before he got that job, yeah, so I'm excited <laughs> to see. Uh, so so the only other th- only other reason I got excited, and then I, um, you know, we can do something else. But only the reason I got excited about this trade was because when I heard Braun and AD were coming together, I started looking mm-hmm. around like on Twitter and Instagram and all that, and uh, I keep I can't help but think Steph, Draymond, Clay, and Kevin Durant. I don't think it's getting broken up no more. I think KD is staying now. Only because I, I, I just, I mean, now even if he may not play next year, you know, I get it, but I, I hey, look, you said something. Yeah, I cannot see Clay leaving now, and that, there's no way in hell. Not, not with, not with. Bro. All that move, all that move did was give Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, everybody in Golden State more incentive yep. to yep. stay <laughs> yep. than to leave. They're yep. like, well, I'm gonna go over here, and they're gonna have all these players. And then, nah, no, I'm gonna stay nah. right nah. here. Y'all gonna have to see us. They, they were like, look, I might not be ready till March. Yeah. You know, it might be May till I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, or April till I'm ready. But hey, look, once I'm ready, we're gonna be ready to scrap. Yeah. And um, Marcus Cousins, yeah, by the way, that, Marcus that's does not count this conversation. I know some of y'all. I didn't no. say Boogie. Shut up. It might be my old damn Boogie. Like no, he don't count. No, Boogie's Please, not no. part of this conversation. Please no. But yeah, I'm telling. I'd rather have. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm, mm. 
I'm not even gonna go there. Right now. <laughs> Uh, no, no, don't say that, cool. No, 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 no. We good, we good, right, we good. We're gonna see what moves we make. <laughs> so let me ask you, uh, did you see the article? Well, Tim McMahon on ESPN just published the article about the Rockets. Have you seen anything about it yet? Um, uh, as far as them like trying to get uh, Jimmy Butler, not so much that. But I will tell you what, talk well, about that right. Talk about that right quick. Well, uh, from what I've seen, I got a, a update alert or, or whatever to my phone. Basically, was saying that the Rockets, where James Harden has been, um, basically already started the whole recruiting pitch to get Jimmy Butler down to Houston, mm. um, which would be, I think, that would be a, a really big help with them um, on both ends of the floor. Trevor Rizzo. So, uh, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, you still got Chris Paul. So. And uh, you still got the whole style of play problem um you know the clint capella the playoffs issue and um so yeah we'll we'll definitely have to see how that works out but that's that's all the thing i heard what what was the uh the uh, article you were speaking okay of? cool so um the article i was reading about tim mcmahon basically wrote a little piece about how there's a lot of entertainment with the rockets as far as how uh daryl Morey and the owner aren't quite seeing eye to eye but mainly it's about chris paul and james harden I know we already talked about it on an earlier podcast uh, a while ago oh, yeah. about how they was having differences. But um, basically what they're looking at, they're trying to move Clint Capella, which I know earlier I said he had a terrible contract. His contract is actually not even that bad because he's not even making but around about $16 million like the next four years, you know, so that's not even terrible for a big man in the NBA today. Mm-hmm. And um, they're trying to move him to the Celtics, it sounds like. Um, but the main thing I got was from Chris Paul and James Harden. Um, apparently there was some kind of meeting they had recently where them two got into it. And then Chris Paul, I guess his whole thing was that, you know, we talked about how, I think you mentioned before, James Harden does nothing. He stands completely away from the action whenever Paul oh, yeah. has the ball. Uh, they got into it and James Harden basically said, hey, you old now. You can't get past your man no more. So you need to sit back and just watch me do what I do. And so... Whenever Harden would be out the game, Chris Paul would be barking at D'Antoni saying, hey, keep his ass on the bench. I'm doing my thing right now. We winning. Uh, I play much better without Harden in the game. Now, obviously, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, obviously. Harden's yeah, yeah, too much money. Yeah, so it sounds like Maury was basically saying to the owner, hey, what I'm going to do, if we got to move somebody, Chris Paul's got to go. He's got the biggest contract. He's the oldest. He ain't doing much. And I'm right. on the opposite end of that. My question for you and for the listeners, how in the hell, as an owner, can you side with the older guy who's not doing much and who's getting paid the most? Like That, that makes zero sense, but what do you think about that? Um, I think because we've seen a lot of things before Chris Paul got there, it was a lot of the same story when it pertains to James Harden. Um, and, Mike, and Mike D'Antoni with his reputation, you know, um, so I think when you look at it, uh, not saying that Chris Paul's had the greatest track record, record because he's fallen short with the whole lobsy yeah. um, thing that they had down there with the Clippers. And um, but I think and look, I, listen, I'll be the first person to say I can't stand watching Chris Paul play basketball. <laughs> uh, it's very frustrating. He tries to manipulate the game, and it's never going to win that type of way. And um, but I will say this. As far as his basketball IQ, it is high. And um, as far as playing basketball a certain type of way, um, that you know, I, I was outside with Chris Paul. 
like what he's saying that like, you know it should be run like this 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 and this like this is how we need to do it. i think the way that he wants to do things would actually be better for them in a on a long-term outlook uh rather than in a short now grant they're going to have a great regular season record they're going to beat teams on a night in and night out basis but when it comes to the playoffs the game changes you know and uh you're playing the same team for game after game after game after game mm-hmm. you know the sky reports gets deeper and stuff like you have to play fluid you know you can't just rely on one certain thing or once the team take that away it's a wrap and um you know we've seen that the past few years with them you know I'm saying past few years the past what six years seven years however long Jay's Harden been there or and, and then Tony so um from a from a standpoint as far as like playing the game I'm definitely on James I mean on uh Chris Paul's side uh of, of the whole thing but, you know, James Harden, you know, at the same time, he's – I mean, he's putting up these gaudy numbers. So, people are going to look at that on a surface level. They'll say, oh, Chris Paul is um, – I mean, James Harden is putting up a, a billion numbers, uh, you know, scoring all these points, getting all these assists, rebounds. Now, sometimes you have to do that. And I think Kobe Bryant, in one of his um, details, uh, talked about it. He was like, you know, this is not sustainable for winning championships, this style of play. I'm like, I'm telling you right now. And I think a lot of people also knew that. And it looked good, you know, you're putting up these numbers and stuff like that because I know people are just infatuated with numbers. And I tell people all the time, like, I like stats are for novice fans. Like, it's for novices to go look back and say, oh, well, so-and-so did this, 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 and this. He must have had a great game. Like, no, he was garbage. <laughs> Draymond Green had a triple-double with 18 rebounds in game six versus Toronto Raptors. He was garbage. Like, I'm like, he played like garbage because I'm actually watching the game. I'm watching all of his turnovers. I'm watching him pass up certain shots. I'm watching him gamble on defense. Like, no, this, this dude played terrible. Yeah. You know, what would those numbers say? You know, I, I, I know this game. Like, I know what I'm looking at. So, you know, a lot of times numbers, especially in sports, can lie about, you know, I, I remember Blake Bortles played against the San Francisco 49ers about, about two years ago, threw for like 400-some yards. He had like two interceptions and like you know these two two interceptions and like two or three touchdowns. What they don't tell you is he overthrew three wide open touchdowns. Two of his interceptions were awful pick sixes. They dropped by three picks they should have picked off. But all you see is like man he threw four hundred some yards. Yeah, well you got to watch the game to actually see they were down by like three four touchdowns. So they just you know trying to throw the ball every single play. Like context is key when you're looking at numbers and um. Yeah, I, I they're just in a they're in a rut, dude. They stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're in a straight betwixt two. They don't know what the heck to do right now, and you can't really do anything because Chris Paul's getting paid too much money. James Harden's getting paid too much money. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like this. I think I'm gonna say the other side. So I'm gonna rock with Harden, and the reason I'm gonna say why is. So you said Chris Paul. So I know you mentioned something about he can't win a championship that way, right? Right. right. So the first thing I'm gonna look at Chris Paul and say is, "What the hell do you know about a championship?" Number one. Right. Number I two, agree. I'm gonna ask. He can, but say he could say the same thing about James Harden. I mean, but I mean James has a Western Conference ring, you know, with Russell. R- Russell loved the one. Russell led him and Katie. So I mean, technically, you know, we cannot say the same thing. Uh, number two. Where is Chris Paul with all this energy when he's missing 45 games a year while James Harden is having to night in, night out, keep them in the playoffs by himself? Where, where is he with all this now? It's in. Like, I, from Harden's perspective, I mean, like I said, I'm going to jump on Harden's team because I see what Harden's doing. He's doing the heavy lifting. Um, again, Chris Paul's barely playing. 
he's getting paid damn $40 million a year to, to play half a season. And when he does play in the playoffs, he might give me one or two good games out of maybe six or seven against teams that I need him to play against. I can't do that, Twan. I can't even – I can't dare sit and take somebody else's word with that. So, Chris Paul might be a great coach one day. That's great. But at this stage of his career, I can't listen to nobody tell me something that they can't do themselves. Uh, like I said, unless they my coach. And that article kept saying that what Chris Paul wants to do, basically, he wants to coach James Harden to him what to do. But, I mean, I think we all know, we can all think of a time in our lives when we've been good at something – you got somebody else trying to tell you something and they haven't even proved it themselves. So I guess how can you truly take that person's word? I mean, IQ sounds great and all, but you can't show me anything. So why am I really listening to you? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you got to, that's what I'm saying. You got to have some form of humility and understanding, like, you know, some of the best coaches I've ever had never played the same position. Never, I mean, Bill Belichick wasn't no good football player, but he's the greatest coach of all time. Oh, no, no, not yet. You know? I get that. I get that. 100%. So, and there have been, you know, and you could always point to, you know, some of the, some of the great, like Steve Kerr. He's going to go down as one of the greatest, the greatest coach, coaches in sports history, not just basketball. Mm-hmm. And he was a role player at best yeah. on every team that he ever played yeah. on. So um, it's not saying that you can't – it's a lot of his physical ability and just want to. Like, there's some great players who will be awful coaches. I can't imagine some of these – some of the greatest players that play this game being coaches. But, you know, I mean, I, you just going back from, like, you could watch on sports shows, like, some of the takes that some of these former players give. I'm just saying, they're like, you actually played this game? And you're saying that this this is what you're saying? Like, I'm like, wow, this is actually – you know, it's, it's absurd. So, um, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, though, and that's a valid point, and I can definitely see James, you know, James feeling that way about it. But regardless, they have to figure something out there, figure out something to do, and um, because, you know, it's not going to work. Shooting, playing isolation basketball, shooting 7,000 threes is not going to work. And um, they just, they got to they gotta figure something out. Man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Let's see here. So, I think we had basketball. We got a draft. Uh, it's Thursday, is that right? Is it? Yeah. Is it this Thursday or next Thursday? No, nah, it's gonna be. It's this week. It's just coming week. If I'm not, hold on. I'm not. Hold on, let me tell. Okay. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Hold on a second. Let's see if I can find that. While we're getting this together, um, y'all, we're gonna continue with our NFL team previews. Um, this week, let me see here. Cam. Yeah, this week. Oh, Cam. Yep, we got the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears this week. Uh, Tuan, Panthers team preview. Go ahead and shoot. All right, man. Yeah, man. Love, you know, NFL talk. Uh, as y'all know, OTAs wrapped up last week. Uh, mandatory OTAs. So, I want a little break, three about three to four weeks until, you know, they start hitting training camp. So, hopefully uh, – for your team's sake, none of your players go out there and do anything stupid, and they report to camp in shape yeah, and uh, ready to go. Yeah, can't guarantee nothing with them, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, so we'll go ahead and move forward with our previews. Uh, first up, the Carolina Panthers. Um, had a little disappointing season last year. I know Cam battled injuries. Um, there's some of their key losses. I know they lost Thomas Davis, who moved on. I think they've been trying to get get away from him. Like, he's been a – 
you know, staple in the community. Even though he was suspended like the first four games last year, he's been like a, a, a staple in their community. You know, he's one man of the year, been a big time guy in the locker room, overcoming all those injuries and everything he did. But they've been wanting to play Shaq Thompson for the longest. And everybody knows Shaq was the better player. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, right, it comes to a point where we got to let you go. Yep. We got to let this young buck play. So they lost him. Um, they also lost Devin Funches. Devin Funches going on to the Indianapolis Colts. So they got a lot of young receivers. Um, a lot of them are s- small in stature. I don't think they have a, re- a single receiver that's starting. Uh, that's over six feet tall. I know they have. Uh, or they have more who they drafted in the first round. Um, the last year, um, they had Curtis Samuel, another smaller guy, fast um, um, receiver. But um, really excited to see what they do. You know, I'm a big-time guy on uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to, you know, continue on his progress from last season. Cam is coming back healthy um, with a new throwing motion. Um, so, you know, and I, first of all, I hate Cam's throwing mechanics. I think it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, um, he did have a career year as far as his completion percentage is, working with North Turner. Um, really expecting the, the run game to step it up. Of course, they're supposed to have Greg Olsen back this year, healthier. Um, mm. You know, he was dealing with he was dealing with some some foot injuries last year, and Greg Olsen was a receiver that I mean, a tight end who ran like a receiver. You know, and so you know he's the type of guy he needs to be able to move in order to, for him to to maximize his skill set. Yeah. So um, um, I think I think they'll be they'll be okay on the offensive side of the ball defense. They have a lot of good young talent coming in. Of course, they drafted my guy out of the oh lord. Florida State University, Brian Burns, um, get us help out with their press rush. Um, he's a freak athlete, Spider Man. You know, if anybody follow him and know him, uh, what he about, man? Uh, he's a he's a freak athlete. I mean, he's like six five, six six, two fifty. Um, I think he put on weight for the combine. He bulked up like he, he usually played around two thirty five, something like that, two forty at Florida State. He had to put like on, almost two fifty, two sixty for the combine and still ran a four five playing defensive end. So he's a he's a freak athlete. Um got uh, really good at getting out the pat um getting out to the pass. And I was able to watch him play for the past three years at Florida State and I can firsthand tell you he was the best player on defense by far. Um like he was like you couldn't block him one on one. And the quarterback tried to get out of the pocket. He's coming to get you. So um, I think that's really big uh, in that conference because every team really has a a, a pretty decent quarterback. And uh, the quarterback is usually the best player on their offense. Like, you need to stop this guy. If we can get to this guy, we can, you know, rough him, um, rough up this team. So um, I think that was a good pick for them. Of course, they got uh, Dante Jackson. Luke Keekley is – Luke Keekley is Luke Keekley. Um they're one of the best linebackers in football. So I'm expecting a, a, a good year from them. Um, as far as how well they would do, I'm a little skeptical um, because I really think Atlanta's going to bounce back yep. uh, this year and play well. But it all depends. Like Cam Newton is so dynamic as a player to where it doesn't matter who is on the other. Because when he's on the field, like nine times out of ten, he's the best athlete on the field, offensive, defense. And he touches the ball every single play. So he has a lot in his power, a lot in his control. And so, you know, I'm really expecting a big year from Cam Newton. Um, I think he went vegan this year. So he ended up dropping some pounds. He's supposed to come back quicker, you know, you know, looking at his health and healing a lot better this year. Um, you know, lost some weight. 
So um, I like the explosive playmakers they got outside of him. So I'm, I'm, whew, I'll say this because this is a really tough division. Um, I'm gonna give them ten wins this year. Wow! Because yeah, I'm gonna give them ten wins, and here's why. Uh, then they're gonna win ten games. I think the defense is gonna do well. I really think people are going to sleep on them. They're going to have a really good rushing attack, uh, and, uh, and and it's all based on how how healthy Cam can stay. And um, I don't think this. Well, I get it to my whole Saints preview. I don't think the Saints are going to be as good this year as they were last year. I think they missed their window with an awful call, which bumped that awful call. They shouldn't even been in that position in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm not even going to go down. I, I'll talk about that when I get to the Saints. <laughs> Um, but I don't think the Saints are going to. But that that's, this is another tough division, and I think Tampa is going to cause problems. I don't think Tampa is going to be great in the division, but I think they're going to beat each team like here and there. And they're going to beat New Orleans somewhere. They might beat uh, Carolina somewhere. They might beat Atlanta somewhere. Just give these teams a hell, you know. And they might come out with two or three wins, but it just causes problems within the division as far as like who's leading the division, you know? Because I think Tampa will be better than they were last year. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get them – ah, I'll say nine to ten wins. That's what I'm going to go with, nine to ten. Okay. And um, they'll be fighting for a wild card spot. So, that's where I'm going to go with the uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Do you remember what you gave Atlanta? How many wins you gave them? I believe I gave them ten wins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I gave them ten. I gave them ten. Okay. So, I, I'm giving Carolina – I got, well, if, if, if I'm going to get it out of the way, if we go to the – that's why I was like – I was, I was like, uh, I probably should have just stuck to divisions. Uh, so I probably should have just stuck to divisions. <laughs> but I think, I think Atlanta, I think Atlanta's gonna win for sure ten because I, I really think they're gonna bounce back uh, this year. And I can see Carolina going anywhere from nine to ten wins. All right, all right. I can't wait for, uh, <laughs> can't wait for this thing. <laughs> the yeah, tomorrow had to hold down the biz with ten wins. <laughs> but uh, no, no. <laughs> all right. So fantasy wise, uh, two names to know. Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton. Yes, uh, McCaffrey, I'm, I'm going to say he's a first-round pick this year. You better scoop him. The boy goes crazy. PPR, uh, points per reception. Uh, he catches the ball. Obviously, he runs the ball. He gets touchdowns. Even even now, the only reason that you're going to hate Christian McCaffrey is because Cam Newton is selfish as hell when it comes to that goal line. He wants to celebrate. He wants to do a Superman little celebration. And that's cool. But as an owner, it's going to frustrate you. But trust me, McCaffrey will make up for the rest of it. Um, I think as long as Cam stays healthy this year, this can be one of his best years as a passer. Uh, I say that because I don't know if their defense is going to be stopping a whole lot of people, especially not like it's like it's one said in that division. But number two, a few departures. They got rid of uh, Devin Funches. They signed Chris Hogan. They brought in uh, – they brought in Gerald McCoy, which I forgot about. Actually, yeah, Gerald McCoy. Yeah, yeah, got Gerald. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's gonna be on the defensive line, you know, wreaking havoc, hopefully. But um, I just think they're gonna play really fast this year. I think they're gonna probably do a lot of short passes. Uh, they still they got Terry Gatlin in the draft, which I don't know if that's gonna do a whole lot, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think White Reggie Bush, Christian McCaffrey's gonna get a lot of work, and Greg Olson. I'm not as optimistic as Twan might be, only because Greg can't stay healthy. Um, 
Yeah. Greg has been hurt. He's had that same foot injury for the last two years in a row now. And if I'm not wrong, he might have had it in Chicago for at least one year. So um, I, I'm not a person that believes that the older you get, the healthier you get. <laughs> Put it like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if Greg's going to be there the whole season. But as long as he plays, you should might as well go ahead and draft him. Um, I would stay away from the defense for the most part because, again, I don't know much about what's going to happen. Unless you're in one of those individual, you know, draft a player leagues, Luke Keekley always go get him. Uh, Twan, if you had to put up, let's, let's play over under right quick. Brian Burns, over under seven sacks. Over. I like it. Over. Over. He's going to be he's going to be rushing. Jerome McCoy is going to command the double teams. He's going to have to prove himself, and he will do it. He's going to. He's. I mean, granted, he stays healthy. He plays 16 games. If he plays 15 games, he's going to get well over seven sacks. I'm, I'm more than convinced. Okay, over under. Uh, Cam Newton 30 passing touchdowns. Ooh. So I'm gonna go and say under personal just to get out of the way because I just think that. me too under yeah under. under. I'm thinking like 28 is a good number. I like that. 28, 29 is a good number. I I, I would yeah I'm going to go under. All right, uh, let's see. DJ Moore over under uh over under a thousand yards receiving this year. Under. You know what? Surprisingly, I'm gonna go the same thing because I just don't know if Cam's gonna zero in on that one person like that. So um I, Right, and I think Curtis Samuel's gonna be taking a step forward last year. He played well at twenty yeah, the season. Yeah, last he played year. really well. <laughs> yeah. So I mean uh yeah, I would love to see that. We'll see. And um I think that's going to be it for my over-under. Um, yeah, because I don't really – Chris Hogan, I don't see. Nah, yeah, we good with that. And so, uh, yeah, next team is going to be Chicago Bears. Uh, talk about it, Twan. All right, Chicago Bears, man. Um, they, of course, you know, had their kicking woes last year. They're still going to have them again this year. <laughs> and so, they, uh, hopefully, they are in that situation now. I know they're still looking for a kicker. They brought uh, in Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, if you know anything about him, I don't – Hey, look, they they need to hit up Roberto Aguayo, and that's that's oh, what they need to get up. Okay. Right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. But um, yeah, it, I think that season is going to go as far as Mitchell Trubisky will take them. Um, Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky is another guy who run around, runs around, makes plays. Uh, for his team, Tariq Cohen is probably going to be the lead back. I think they they drafted what they, uh, David Montgomery, mm-hmm. the back, other back they had, you know, replaced Jordan Howard, um, who was going to Philly. Um, but I think Tariq Cohen is going to be good. I like the playmakers they have around Mitchell Trubisky. I like um, Trey Burton. Um, I like Allen Robinson. I like Taylor Gabriel. Um, they drafted uh, Riley, um, Riley Ridley. Um, um, a receiver. I, I really think they 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 can they can progress, but it's all going to be dependent upon Mitchell Trubisky. Now, um, he still has some accuracy issues or whatever, but you know he, he's a playmaker, and so I, I really want to see how well he um he um he plays next mm-hmm. year. Um, defensively, you know they lost um. It was Adrian Amos that they lost yep. um, in strong safety, but they did uh, brought in a Florida boy, Hashan, ha ha, Clinton Dix, to play safety. 
And um, they brought him in. And um, he's going to be playing um, opposite Eddie Jackson. He's another playmaker. Yeah, it's Alabama safety. That's crazy. Yeah, that's um, sick. <laughs> play, yeah, playing right next to yeah. each other. And uh, their defense, they played well. But they they did lose Bryce Callahan, which I think will hurt um, a little bit. That's their, um, their nickel corner. Um, also, um, I'm expecting Roquan to take a step forward. I want to see how the floor plays next year. Um, of course, they have – one of the most dominant players to play in the last decade, uh, Khalil Mack, um, at outside linebacker. So, um, of course, uh, Fuller, Fuller is a, 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 you know, one of the better corners in the NFL. So, um, hopefully, they get their special teams together and um, they can play well. I think that they, they with their defense and um, with the way their offense is. And if Mitchell Trubisky can, can take a step forward, I think they they are the favorites to win in the division. So that's my um, my take on them. All right. So I won't do this often, but the first thing I'm going to hit is the defense because this is the only defense I would actually draft in fantasy football, um, like 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 early. I ain't going to say early, but, like, I'll draft them after I got my skill people out of the way. Like, I think it should be the first defense gone. Um Tom pretty much said most of everything I was going to say. You know, high highs now is safety. I think that's going to be – I think it's crazy that their defenses are as good as they are, but now they're adding people, like I said, who have value. So it's going to be pretty good. Uh, but the main reason I'm saying the defense, the Chicago Bears added Cordero Patterson to the special teams. So – Oh, yeah. yeah they get better draft these boys <laughs> because they're going to get some touchdowns some kind of way. And the offense not even going to be on the field or the defense. It's going to be the whole damn kicking team. So, you're going to be and, okay. And low-key, he's like one of the greatest kick returners of all time. <laughs> I don't think people understand this. Like, Cordero Patterson, you can look it up. He is one of the greatest yeah. kick returners of all time. I'm not joking. Do be flying, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, got that now. Uh, David Montgomery, I'm going to say he's going to be a sleeper pick for me this year. Um, okay. With Jordan Howard gone, he's not. I'm not saying he's going to touch the ball a ton, but Tariq Cohen, he's going to get a lot of touches. Uh, he's going to get the ball in the passing game. He's going to run the ball some. But when they get to the goal line, they're not going to put Tariq Cohen in the game. They're probably going to have in David Montgomery. Um, I think he probably vultured a lot of touchdowns. Um, as Twan said, the team will go as Mitchell Trubisky goes. So I'm not sure if I'm going to draft Trubisky, but as a backup, I don't think it hurt to get him. Um, Trey Burton, uh, Torn, how you feel about him? Um, like I said, I like him, I like Trey Burton. Um, as an athlete, um, very athletic, he was like a really highly cited, touted, uh, excuse me, uh, quarterback coming out of high school, right? He's, he's somewhere on the west coast, but he ended up going to the University of Florida, which is how I ended up finding out about him. He came there as a quarterback, of course, moved to tight end, but he's a dual threat guy who can run and move, and he's a great athlete. Yeah. Um, so it just depends, you know. They say tight ends are a young quarterback's best friend, and um, I think as long as he's on the field, like he's he's a matchup nightmare for linebackers and you know a lot of those slower safeties that can't run with him. That's, yeah. that's pretty much my take. And he's not going to offer you anything in blocking or in the run game that type of deal, <laughs> but he is an athlete. Yeah, Allen Robinson. What you think about him? I wish he was still in Jacksonville. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that. I think Allen Robinson – hold on, let me say this first, y'all. Allen Robinson is a good receiver. For the Chicago Bears, I think that was that's a waste of their time, though. Because I don't see 
I don't know. It's something about Trubisky, y'all. I'm, I'm just not. I, I don't know. I, just, I see it too. I see that same thing. That's why yeah. I, I see the same thing. It's like it's kind of like, oh man, bro, you, oh wow. But he will run for like you know he had those games where he run for sixty, seventy yards and a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's but it might not be. It ain't. It ain't. That ain't always promising for a receiver, you know. Right. It's just something about him playing with Trubisky that I, I would stay away from Allen Robinson personally. If I'm gonna draft any receiver. My favorite is Anthony Miller. Uh, he, uh, I mean, just because he's a tough receiver, he plays the slot, plays outside sometimes. But, again, I wouldn't necessarily draft any of these receivers. I would say Trey Burton. You know, it wouldn't hurt to get him if you need a tight end. But other than that, um, this is mainly about the defense for me, y'all. That defense should be sick. And uh, injuries, you know, notwithstanding, like I said, I think they're going to be okay. But real quick, over under Twan. Um over under that defense gets over under that defense gets uh twenty turnovers this year. Twenty turnovers. Yeah. What like a turnover and a half a game? And you know what? When I first said it, it sounded loud to me, but when I'm looking at the stats, they had damn near twenty seven turnovers last year as a team, which is a lot to me. <laughs> so I'm like Dang, that's a lot of fumbles. Well, let's, you know, let's, picks. Let's, I think we got to look at the rest of their division. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be healthy the whole entire season this year, so that would definitely cut back on turnovers because he might throw two interceptions every two or three years. You know how he is. <laughs> so, you know, definitely, is, you know, it's a big difference between him being a quarterback and somebody else. Um, whew, that's a that's – a, that's a uh, – hmm. Wow, I'm gonna go over. Okay, I'm gonna go over. I think I might. I push the line. Yeah, I push the line over on twenty. Okay. Um, Tariq Cohen. Now I'm only talking about receiving and rushing yards. Tariq Cohen over under on uh. Let's see. Over under a thousand yards this year. On both. Yeah. Total. Uh, Combine oh, oh, on one thousand. Yeah. Well over. Cool. Okay, I think I'm with that. Well story. over, yeah, well over. I think he, I think he could push close to you know seventeen five. To be really? honest, I think he could push close to that. Yeah, I think he could push close to seventeen five. He's gonna be heavily involved in the pass game, and of course, I think he's gonna be the number one back. You know, he's gonna be splitting carries with Montgomery at the least, at the minimum, and he's gonna be the the, the main third down back. So, I'm definitely, and you know, they do that wildcat stuff with him too. Sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely got him up there high. So I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I don't even think he's gonna hit 1500. And the only reason I say that, you're right, he's gonna be in the passing game, but I just don't know they're gonna be even passing the ball that much. And, uh, and when they kill the clock, I guess I'm kind of wondering, but only because of his stature, are they gonna have him carrying the ball in like the fourth quarters or like you know late in games like that? Like I'm just, I don't right. know. So I'm kind of. I think we should make a board bet on that, actually. Uh, we should do a board bet for the listeners. Uh, 1,500 yards over under. I'm going to take none on that. You want over? Uh, Yeah, I'll go over. All right. We'll figure out something with that bet later on. But um, let me see. I think that's the last one I want to do. I don't really care much about Trubisky over under because I don't think he's going to. Well, I damn <laughs> I'm struggling to figure out what the hell it's going to be. So, <laughs> be. Uh yeah, I, that's pretty much it then. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm, all right. 
Oh, so who we got? Uh, draft is Thursday. It is this Thursday. So um, yes, sir. Uh, we'll probably uh, you know what? I doubt we'll get another podcast in before the draft. So just right quick, Friday. Y'all, y'all look out for Friday. Yeah, because yeah, we know it's gonna be trades, right? And stuff going. So you we'll probably get, get one, one like right after. You got to get one hot take. What you get? What you got for me for the draft? One hot take for the drafts. Oh gosh. Um whew. one hot take. Hmm. Now I'm, I'm gonna give you a chance to think of it because I answered that question unfairly. So mine's only gonna be Darius Garland will be the best point guard in this draft. Darius Garland might be the best damn player in this draft, but I'm gonna try to hold off. But Darius Garland with the Vanderbilt, he didn't play last year much. He take toys leg up, but Y'all, if you hear Darius Garland and you're wondering who the hell is this that got picked in the top five or if there's a trade and you hear he didn't trade, look, I'm telling you now, watch out for this boy. He can he can shoot, he can drive, he can he can play make he's a playmaker, he can do some everything. So that's my guy, Darius Garland. I, yeah, okay, my hot take will be um two all stars from the past two years. Somebody on the All-Star team from the past two years will be traded. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Ooh, okay. It will be. <laughs> That's my high take. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Well, we got some cooking. Um, y'all, thank you again for listening. Um, before we go, I mean, uh, you, I mean, shout out. If anybody has a sponsorship, anybody, uh, questions from the crowd, y'all, please keep sending them. We do appreciate y'all listening. Please share. Please, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family. It does not matter. Um, Again, if it's a topic you want to talk about or you want us to speak on, please, by all means, uh, share it with us. Like I said, this thing goes as y'all go. Um, before I let y'all go, thank you again. Twan, you got anything? Um, thank you again. I just want to also echo you know, all of your sentiments. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate everybody sharing and appreciating all the feedback, man. I promise y'all, every time I send this stuff out to people that I personally know, um, they get right back to me after they listen to the show. They always give me their feedback and comments and, and stuff like that. You know, I, I like, you know, for example, this week, everybody was killing us about how hard we were on Kyle Lowry. I was like, I wasn't even that hard on Kyle Lowry. I, gave, I was. You know, I gave, I gave him respect. I'm like, look, I he was. earned it. He scored 26 points. He ain't no Hall of Famer. I still wouldn't want him on my team. I think he, he needs to come off the bench at this point in his career. But he dang sure had a great game six, and he earned his ring. So, I can't take nothing from him. But, you know, it's just little stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's a lot. You know, um, let's, let's us know that, you know, you're enjoying the content and everything. So, just keep, you know, keep, you know, sending out your support and everything. And that's pretty much it. All right. Well, again, thank you all again. We all. All right. Peace.